When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to the first film club. I'm Natalie Louise. And I'm Hannah Flint. And this is a podcast series dedicated to established and emerging talent from the film industry and the first feature that launched their careers. We started the first film club back in 2018 as a Q&A event series. We've been able to hear from some of the most celebrated directors as they reflect on their feature film debuts in cinemas across London. Now Hannah and I are excited to expand the format to include talent both in front of and behind the camera. Each episode is dedicated to a film, a guest, and their behind-the-scenes stories, memories, and advice from their time on set. Hannah will set the scene. Actress and producer Hester Ruoff has been working in the entertainment business for over a decade. You might know her as Debbie, the paramedic, in the long-running British soap opera EastEnders, before her producing career really kicked off with short films in 2018. It was around this time she starred in Villain, the directorial debut of Philip Barantini, which cemented their working relationship. Barantini was in the market for producing partners to turn his acclaimed short film Boiling Point into a feature, and Hester knew she needed to be involved. Around the corner, give me two seconds. All right, tap, 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 tap. It's a fucking joke, isn't it? There's a million kids out there who would die for this fucking opportunity that you've been given. Andy. Hello, mate. Namaste, yeah, chef. Okay. Namaste. Good to see you, mate. Yeah, nice to see you. This is Hello. critic, Sarah Saffer, as you know. Hello, Hello. love. Hi. Well, he brought that fucking share of thingy with him. The food critic. Mate. It's good to go. Ah. Oh. What's this all about? This is about you taking 200,000 fucking pounds, pounds off me. Sorry. 200,000. Like uh, I am sick of your fuck-ups being blamed on Andy. us. I do not fucking like you. You've got to make the right decision and make it right now. Andy, this is your fucking fault, my man. You don't do the threat. You don't give a fuck about us. You fucking come and stick your food. You're fucking out. You do the right thing. You go under, and so do I. Starring Stephen Graham as a head chef wrangling his team in the kitchen, behind the bar and on the floor on their busiest night of the year, the technical feat and performances of this single-take endeavour has been lauded by critics at the British Independent Film Awards and by the restaurant industry for its honest portrayal of their profession. Here, I talk to Hester about transitioning to producing and what it took to get her first feature, Boiling Point, off the ground. (laughs) 
Hester Ruel, thank you so much for being on the First Film Club podcast. How are you? I am very well. Um, it's I've got my Christmas jumper on. I'm ready to yes. go. Uh, you, know, I'm... you got the memo. <laughs> I got the memo. <laughs> yeah, listeners, we're both wearing Christmas jumpers and we didn't actually plan this, but I suppose it recording the week before Christmas Day and we're in the festive season. So, yeah. So I suppose this has been a kind of bit of a whirlwind period for you. We're talking about Boiling Point. When I watched this film, I had no expectations. I didn't read anything going into it. And I was just completely like exhilarated by it. It was such an adrenaline rush. And I think you get that with a one shot. You know, Stephen Graham for years has been just like an amazing actor. And I was just just so impressed by it. Something, Something that seems... Quite a simple, like simple concept. One night at a restaurant, but I can imagine <laughs> there's a lot of logistics going into it. But before we get into that, let's go back to you. This is your first feature film with a producer credit, yeah. uh, but it's not. You have it's not your first. <laughs> this isn't your no. debut film. No, so it's not. No. Um, so I, gosh. So I've been an actor for many, many years. Um, people probably don't know that side of my life so much because I haven't done so many things I've done bits and pieces but I've been constantly working for 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 many years and um probably about eight years ago I had an opportunity say an opportunity (laughs) to exec produce something which gave me a look at what it was like to be on the other side of of um of the camera and in a product more of a production role and it was an amazing insight. It was actually, the film had already been made. It was called Convenience. It is called right. Convenience with <laughs> Ray Penzaki and Adil Akhtar, who's just won a biffer for best. I love him. <laughs> best actor, which he's, he's amazing, yeah. And he and Ray work so well together. So this is a brilliant, if you haven't seen it, it's a British comedy. And it's classic. Is that 2013? 2013, 2014? Yeah. I think I actually, they, they shot it then, but I actually jumped on the end of it. Um, so we, I helped just in really in the distribution side of it. And um, it was it was a great experience, but it was not producing. I had I, I thought that I knew what I was. <laughs> and I think sometimes a lot of a lot of what we do in at first is literally flying by the seat of your pants. You do not know um, unless you, you just have to. It's like the baptism of fire. You go <laughs> in, you're like, okay, throw this at me. Um, and so I did that, and it did really rather well. So it won a Welsh BAFTA. And um, it's a really, it's a very precious part of the start of my producing kind of journey. And then I went on to start making short films. So I started off with a film called Jerry, which was with Joan Collins, who I'm such a fan of. She's such, <laughs> she's so wonderful. Yeah. And she did something for us, which was quite extraordinary. So we gave her a make under and we took off all the makeup that you normally see. We gave her a full-on grey hair. Um, we worked really closely with her makeup artist to kind of design a look for her. And so she did this film about, it's like a coming-of-age film for a woman in her 80s. And when she actually, her husband dies, and she realised there's so much more to her life. And she starts mm. rediscovering life in her 80s, which is amazing. Um, and my mum's sort of that age, and we just lost our dad, my my dad, quite recently. So for her, I sort of see the same thing. Like she's she's like, whoa, new lease of life, what's going on? <laughs> so we did that with Joan, um, and we had Oliver Ford Davies, Lynn Verrill, and Stephen Grief and that. And that did really well, got a lot of attention, because obviously Joan was doing something, had this complete transformation. 
And I remember she said to me at one point, she's like, Hester, I think this could be my breakthrough role. I was like, oh. uh, I think you've already broken through, Joe. I'd say <laughs> probably have. Break, uh, break, 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 break. Yeah. <laughs> but really for people to see her as not just this glamorous person, but someone yeah. who can act. She actually, you know, and she was so like up for it. And it was great. It was really great. So that's, yeah. So, and then I went on to do a few more shorts. Um, I was working very closely with a dear friend of mine, Laurelyn Garcia. Um, she's French uh, producer or line producer. She was my line producer. And so I did a few, m- m- most of my shorts I did with her and well actually it's quite quite a crazy thing happened but she we were in pre-production for a short gosh I'd have to it was in 2018 was it 2019 sugar two years ago yeah and she was she had her life taken from her um that's a nice way to say it she was murdered by her ex-boyfriend um who I knew and it was just the most horrific thing to have to go through when you're in pre-production you are talking to this person like you know 10 times a day you just you're in just constant communication with them and we were doing a film called Spanish Pigeon a short film and so we were we'd been talking for ages because there's such a big build-up for every film that you do even a short Mm. you probably had you know you're in discussions you talk about crew and cast and and so for me that was a massive hit because I didn't yeah. really know. I then had to do it, the rest of it myself where I'd been kind of relying on somebody there. You, you can't do everything by yourself. You would know. You could, um, but it's it's good to have good people around you and, and you need to build your team as a producer and find people that you trust and you can rely on and you know will, you don't have to chase to do things, but they'll just get on and do it if you need them to do it, whatever. And Laurelyn and I were extremely close. And so that knocked me for six. I didn't really know how quite to move forward or if I wanted to Mm. in, uh, but then there's this other side of me where Jerry was doing so well, the short and Laurelyn and I had been on that journey together. And then we did another, I did another one called The Snatcher. And I just thought who on earth could I find to replace her? I couldn't see where that was going to ever come from because she was the most giving person with contacts and, and she and I trust each other explicitly. There was nothing between us where we, you know, sometimes the industry is difficult and you don't always trust people because they are they're not always what they say, <laughs> say they are. <laughs> yeah. And you know, there's maybe some kind of hidden agenda somewhere or whatever. But uh, with Laurelyn, there just wasn't. There wasn't. And it was it was beautiful. And um, yeah, so I, I then had this real strength and commitment to doing it for her in a sense and knowing that she would have been like oh come on Hester sort yourself out she just wouldn't she was she was brilliant um so so now everything I do I just think you know thank you to her for for really being there at the start of my producing career and and being such a ledge um but then the other person that's really mentored me through a lot of my producing or certainly early days of my producing was Ray Pavlaki who was incredible like incredible and just really when I had difficult I was like what do I do with this he was like hey you know ask me questions you know if you need help with stuff just shout me and I'll I advise you you can do the work yourself I'm not helping you <laughs> <laughs> so I think yeah so having really good people solid people around me to just guide me mentor me um was was incredible 
Well, I'm so sorry for your loss. And I'm so glad that you kind of got through that because grief is no easy thing, especially when you're doing sort of job where it's creativity, where you have to have your mind on it. Mm. It's tough. Um, and I'm mm-hmm. sure she'd be very proud of what you've uh, got on to do. I'm interested as well. Like you said, you did acting, you have mm-hmm. acted, you continue doing that. What was the transition period where you realized like, maybe I want to do producing? Because also the director of this, Philip Barantini, he was also an actor as well. And so I, I, I'm interested in that kind of like, what made you want to move that way? Yeah, I mean, if you speak to Phil, he would say that, his acting days are done. He doesn't, he doesn't want to do it. He just doesn't mm. have, he doesn't feel that. Although he was just in my last feature. <laughs> we did cast him <laughs> in that, which is called A Violent Man, which is actually coming out in uh, February. So A Violent Man with Craig Fairbrass and Stephen Odebola from Blue Story, who I love. Yeah. I love them both. And Jason Fleming and Zoe Tapper. I adore Jason and Fleming. <laughs> oh, me too. Jason is brilliant. He's so brilliant. Yeah. He's like a best mate. You just want to have him around all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so Phil was in that. We gave him a part in that. But for me, it is a really, they're so different. And that's the thing. Like, I get so excited when actually there's moments of, there's elements of both. I, I think I just live on adrenaline, which is crazy. So I, you know, when you're in production or, or pre-production or working towards something, there's so much adrenaline that, and excitement that I feel about producing something. I'm like, come on, <laughs> and I love a challenge. And so if someone says, oh, you know, it'd be great to get that actor, I'm like, right, bring it on. <laughs> I'm on it. Um, and I love working with the people that I get to work with. And it's just a joy every day, but acting I recently did a, a show at the Criterion Theatre, which in fact, it was a couple of weeks ago and it was just one night uh, and I was asked to do it. It was an incredible piece and it was raising awareness for the, basically the amount of abuse and the levels of abuse, which have just increased so much in the last couple of years or so, um, certainly with coronavirus and the lockdowns and everything. Mm. Um, and this was raising money for charities and um, surrounding that and, I've done a few things recently. I did a, something for Women's Day. And, and, and I think it's really, to, to be on stage with a group of women, we had a cast, we had Saffron Burrows, um, Lauren Haynes put, helped put it together, and um, Sadie Frost, um, Sharon, Sharon Duncan Brewster, Victoria Smurfer, just this wonderful group of women. And you're thinking, why have you asked me? Are you mad? <laughs> <laughs> That imposter syndrome creeps in. Oh um, God, that imposter syndrome, just get oh, out of my face. <laughs> awful, isn't it? Yeah. It's yeah. so rubbish. You're like, go away. Who are you today? Get lost. Who invited <laughs> you to this Who party? <laughs> so um, but yeah, I got I got to do to do that and it was that was a wonderful experience. Great to be back on stage. I haven't done stage in about eight years or something, so I was like, help. Um <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was magical and I never so well so far I've never put myself in any of the films I've produced I didn't want to people say why don't you just put yourself in that I'm like mm, because I think it's important or or has been important for me to establish myself to the industry as a producer and not not have people think because I'm sure it, it is out there way oh, well you know it's it's a vanity project. She's written it, directed it, produced it, and now she's starring in it. You know, I didn't want to do that because 
I think to be a good producer for, for myself anyway, to date, I've wanted to fully, fully focus on everything. And, and I just did a film up in Oxford, uh, a feature called Surprised by Oxford, well, working title, Surprised by Oxford, which is based on a book. And we produced it, Bart and myself produced it for the, the UK sort of section of it. And it's an American film and they just hired us to produce it for them. And, you know, you work constantly, all hours of the day. There's no boundaries. I mean, you can mm. put boundaries in if you want. But for me, I'm like, I sleep when it's done. I sleep when the job is done. I will work my butt off to make sure that every single I has been dotted, T has been crossed, and there's nothing left unturned. Because then I think, you know, that establishes you as this girl's not afraid of her work. She's going to work and and see the fruits of it, hopefully. Um, and I just want to make sure that everyone is everyone is set up to win. So if mm. I can work the hardest I could possibly do and set everyone else in the cast and crew up to win, then I've done my job. And hopefully that will get it sold. Well, let's talk about Boiling Point then. It was originally a short and got adapted into a feature. So I suppose at what point did you, you get involved? Were you at short level? Were you just brought on for feature? Well, Art Rispoli, who's my producing partner, he, my now producing partner, because I did find somebody awesome. Yes. <laughs> um, he, I've known him for a long time and I've known Phil Berrettini, who I actually hired to direct Spanish Pigeon. So he came on before he even did Villain, which was his first feature uh, alongside Bart again. And I acted in Villain. <laughs> so I play uh, DCI Higgins in Villain which is on Netflix at the moment, doing really, really well, which is great. I think it was Critics' Choice in the uh, New York Times or something, which was fantastic yeah. as well. So, yeah, so I, I've known those boys for quite a long time. And when I worked with Phil on Spanish Pigeon, we just, we realised we were on a very similar sort of career trajectory. And I can never say that word, trajectory. It sounds like, you know. <laughs> it's a hard one. <laughs> trajectory. <laughs> And, uh, it also stops being been... a word if you say it too much. Like, wait. I know. That... You're like, what is That's this? I'm saying. Words, <laughs> yeah. I say that. I look at a word too long. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I had this brief period where I was looked at Kings of Leon. I was like, Kings of Leon. <laughs> I was like, what does that even mean? Like, is that there's a there's a there's a weird thing. There's an actual specific term for when you kind of like words lose their meaning. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I remember doing that with the word welcome for ages. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> what strange word? I don't know. I, I'm clearly very like you. My brain is like goes up in all directions. <laughs> um, but yeah. So anyway, I. So I worked very, I, I, I love Phil very much and Bart as well. And they are good guys. And we were all on a similar journey, I think. And Bart was, you know, much further ahead than I was in producing. Um, and the short film came about through Phil, really, um, was his brainchild. And Bart produced it for him. And, and it was a wonderful film, a short film. And what an amazing proof of concept to have to then go on and make the feature film. And so, goodness, I, I have to say, I have never felt more grateful for being asked to bring my skills to the table for, for the feature of Boiling Point. To go out and, and find money and, you know, I love a challenge. So <laughs> give me a challenge and I'll, and I'll do it. 
but it was like, yes, please. I'd love to go out and find money for you. (laughs) I'd love to jump on and produce this. And I was just so excited to be a part of it because I love working with the boys. And, and, and as I say, Phil and I have got a very good dialogue, but and I have a very good dialogue and, and I just had, I think when you believe in something like I believed in boiling point, nothing can stop you. Mm. Um, it was a real passion project. It wasn't made for a load of money. The boys had done the short obviously before and that had done really well with James um, Cummings, but this was a beast before us. It wasn't, as just as easy as the show it was something like heck the crew and the cast are going to be massive there's going to be a lot of them and it needs to really be thought through very 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 carefully and so they asked me to get involved probably around so we shot it in the march just before lockdown of 2020 um and i think i came on with starting my conversations about october before something like that so that's when I joined joined the feature project. So you mentioned there. Um, so there's, I suppose, the roles that you're playing there is both financial, getting that, and it'd be interesting to know a little bit how that works out. Because I'm always like, I had to get the money. It's like, but how do you get this money? And also, I suppose it'd be good to talk about the creative side because obviously, mm-hmm. you said you're wrangling cast members, and you know, working with the casting director, you got the Biffo Award for casting on um, this film, and it yeah. is so amazing. So let's talk about the finance thing how how does that how do you do that especially kind of the confidence to do that because asking people for money is a very awkward thing <laughs> yeah and I actually think there is no answer to this question and people ask me it all the time obviously because they want to know who my contacts yeah. are <laughs> <laughs> so it's not even that it's not even that it's like there is no answer you can clearly tell that I've got the gift of the gab <laughs> so I don't <laughs> mind I can chat to anyone I'll go on the tube and start chatting to people I love chatting to people so um one of those charity tins come come play yeah. come, some... <laughs> that, would take a point. <laughs> that would take a while but yeah so I I would uh, look again it comes down to how much you believe in your project because I think and and you have to be you, you know you can't just be like oh this is going to be amazing guys jump on jump on you have to know that your project is going to get their money back because one of the things that annoys me the most about filmmakers is who they they basically blag a financier and it ruins it for everyone else. <laughs> they try, they, you know, they say, you know, it's going to be this, going to get so excited. And they know full well, it's probably not going to get the money back. You've got to get the elements into the movie that's going to get people's money back. And trust, it's all about trust. So they have to trust you with large amounts of money. And, and there are some people who will go make the film and then be like okay I've got my pay now I've made the movie it's blah 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 and then be like right what what are we doing next but for me I want any investor to know that I am utterly integral and I will work my butt off to get their money back and I won't stop until you know that money is back in in its in its and hopefully with the raise that they can achieve on the film Mm. um and in that front you know in that sense villain has done extremely well and boiling point so hopefully you you begin to get a track record and they say okay well look the last two films made money back which is amazing so what's next I know that I can trust this person because they're just from track record really well that helps yeah but otherwise just I'm not going to ask for so much that 
you know, if someone's got, I don't know, they've got, it's, it's also got to benefit them. So yeah. I, I also say, well, look, don't put money in, don't put money in unless it's going to benefit you. If you can then go on and say, and if it helps you to kickstart your career as producer where you've you know put money in as an exec or you've done whatever you've done, or how is it going to benefit you? Because if they think that you're just in it for your own gain, I wouldn't put money in for that. I'd be like, yeah. latest mate. So I think that's my approach to it really and just talking to people. I interviewed M. Night Shyamalan and I've always quite, I really quite enjoy his way of making movies now um, since no one would give him money anymore. But one of the things he said, because uh, he, you know, he mortgaged his house for the visit and he's ever since he's always invested his own money in it. Uh, which works out well because you're getting all your own money back. But one of the things he said was very clear was only ask for as much money as you need to make the project. And I wonder, like, what were the kind of conversations to working out this specific amount that you really needed? Yeah, well, I think I think it's really important that you do your budgeting way in advance, your scheduling, your budget and do it together. Like Bart's very good at doing that. And um, he loves the stuff that I hate, which is great. I love all the creative and the go out and get cast and go out and do, have all the conversations. He's like, I'll take the the, the maths. I'm like, you can take the maths. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's really important to, to really carefully think through it because it's not fair. I think it's not fair on people who are putting money into something where there's no chance of getting back. Just do, and then also you want to give them every opportunity to get an uplift on their money. Mm. So do it for really what you can do it for. And you'd be surprised. People will, they buy into things that if you, you're passionate about. So, so with Boiling Point, it wasn't done for very much money. And can you tell us the budget? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, you know, around the six, 600 mark, um, wow. all said and told. I think it was just, just under that. That's tiny. <laughs> it is. It is. And people think, oh, it must be over a mill. It must be this. It must be that. No, it wasn't. So, you know, and we all took incredibly small fees. Like if you think that I've been working on that for a long time now, my fee was basically non-existent. So and I'm great. I'm fine with that because I don't need to be paid big. I, I'm not about money anyway, personally, as a person. I shouldn't really say that, but it's important to get paid, obviously. But <laughs> mm. about film, passion about making film and yeah, getting it out there. Um, for the world to see and with boiling point such a such an important message it's uh the time for for people to be really putting a magnifying glass on that industry and saying hey you know there's issues here let's do something about it and and boiling point hopefully will will really highlight a lot of that and um, start a conversation millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I'm Sam Clements, host of the 90 Minutes or Less Film Festival, another podcast in the Stripped Media family. A podcast that celebrates movies under 90 minutes long. Each episode, I'm joined by a special guest who selects a movie to join our prestigious lineup. Past guests have included fellow Stripped Media family members Martin and Sam from Song by Song, and Kobe from Flixwatcher, and Dave from The Wire Stripped. Search for us now on the app you're currently listening to this podcast, or join us at 90minfilmfest.com. So let's talk about what you do love, the creative part of it. You know, you mentioned wrangling actors. So tell me a bit about that process because, yeah, the cast is amazing. As you said, bit of an award-winning cast. Uh, cast yeah. As well. Karen um, so, yeah, tell me how that went down. Well, we used some of the same actors who were in the short film, uh, put them into sort of different roles. And then I am um, friends with uh, Malachi Kirby and Ray Panthaki, so I bent their arms. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I didn't have to bend very far. But it's funny because both of those boys are leading men. Yeah. And and I'm like, hey, do you want to do a film where you're not the leading man, but you're just a very small part, but it's going to be the best thing you've ever done? And they were like, mm, yeah, okay. And then, you know, a lot of the other casts we'd worked with before or we brought in from different films. And so we started off with this great group of people and then Carolyn has just got a wonderful skill of finding new faces. And so we worked with her and, and actually Phil's agency, uh, who he's with as an actor, core, manage, core management, they were great, had some young actors that they brought as well, which I'd used in one of my sh- short films before as well. So it was this kind of mixing pot of people who we'd all worked with or loved. And, and Jason Fleming came through Stephen, in fact, Stephen had some, some he'd just been doing um, North, the Northwater before. And so he brought a lot of the guys that he worked with on that into the film too. Um, and he'd been working with Vanette Robinson on something. So he brought her in. Um, and then with Carolyn, she just found these absolute gems. And we spent a long time looking. So every, Bart, myself, Phil, we sat and watched every single tape without fail that Carolyn sent us and Matt as well, Matt Shepard, who she worked with as well at the time. And not a, we didn't miss a single one. We watched every single one. And that was very important to us because as actors, and, and Bart was an actor as well, if you think, well, someone's only gone and watched the first 20 seconds of my tape and not bother with the rest and I've learned it and put all this effort into it and thought process and then that's not really fair on the actor so we were like fine because you know what sometimes the first part of the tape might go, not go so well the second part would be amazing and you want to give them a chance so you give them a recall I love that you're like I know this I've been I've done this dance uh I'm gonna make sure yeah. I do you know I think that's really lovely I think yeah. you know that's what they always say actors you become filmmakers often you know, they're more empathetic and know how to work with yes. their cast better because they've been there. Yeah, and it's a daunting thing. And to do a film like this was 
quite daunting because and the other thing is we had so many people that wanted to do it I mean to get to do one shot film with Stephen Graham why would you ever say no oh yeah yeah (laughs) I mean what an opportunity what an opportunity and he was that was what we had initially that was all we had attached originally and we hadn't quite kind of worked out who was doing what otherwise but yeah and then and then we I was in every single one of the casting sessions the, the recalls and had a very big you know I was very much involved in that because I think I as you say as an actor you can empathize and and I think that helps and as a team as well so everything we did was very much like we were just in sync together mm. which was great and and um and an honor so you shot this at a real restaurant how did you go about picking that and securing it well, that's a very good question. So he, Andy Jones, the real Andy Jones, is a real person, <laughs> but it's not based on his life. I'm going to say, um, he's not out, out the back. No, <laughs> not, yeah, absolutely, no. Uh, and he's he's great. He's a good friend to all of us. And uh, he he he's he's known Phil for many years and Bart and the guys. And so he he just, sort of, I think, had a chat and was like, hey, I have, you have a restaurant in Dalston you guys want to use it and we, we literally took over <laughs> <laughs> took over the whole place um and we had to build fake walls and we had to change the entrance because it didn't quite work for what we needed with the camera and a lot of logistics going into that we had to hide people in different places around the restaurant like this sound guy we had to pretty much brick him in not brick him in but build him into a wall <laughs> one of them uh, we had another one hiding in the men's you know, urinals <laughs> <laughs> it was uh it was it was great but it but the restaurant was uh, so we literally camped out there for a long time and then we worked out the whole process of the choreography around the restaurant and how it would work and would we be able to fill the restaurant with the essays and did we need to make it smaller or how how it could work and also even the kitchen because the kitchen's not huge there but it's got an open kitchen mm. so it's got half around the back and then half at the front which was nice actually because then you could use have the actors out the front rather than all just being in the kitchen which the short film is the short film they're all in the kitchen so that's this the was drama great. as well when they're kind of like yeah your mouth <laughs> yeah, exactly. Gonna eat you. <laughs> yes exactly and and what you don't see is the wonderful thing where you know whilst the camera is suddenly out the back or in another part of the restaurant all the actors are like oh my goodness oh my goodness where, where are we at now where are we at now what's coming back where's the camera coming back camera's coming back camera's coming back and, and then they got to go straight you know straight back into doing what they were doing and pretend that they were doing the whole time and Vanette the wonderful Vanette who's also just won her biffer for uh, leading or supporting actress which we were extremely proud of her for she had what she would call a bible and she had it in the fridge she literally <laughs> kept it in the fridge her bible and the moment the camera disappeared she would get it out and all the actors would like flood round her like, where, where, what's next what's next what's next because it was all quite similar yeah. you know when you're cooking and it's you've got to know exactly which bit you're at because you can't go wrong. You cannot go wrong. So the restaurant worked very well. And we've still got a very good relationship with Andy um, it, called Jones and Sons. And so we actually used Jones and Sons. We used the branding. We were like, hey, why not? Um, and now I hope the they've got a lot of footfall. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think they'll have a lot more when the film's released in January. So hopefully COVID won't get in the way of that. But oh, yeah. God. Yeah. Fingers crossed. You know, I, I suppose just even that then, did you, because it is, it is very theatrical. I mean, 
and I love I love a guan shot. I find it just so you you can't take a breath. And it's so funny because as much as they were thinking that behind the scenes, like I was watching, I was like, oh God. And I'm like looking around and you're just waiting and you just have this like thrum of tension that kind of maintains and it's very kinetic. And I suppose just how much rehearsals did you have to do? And logistically as well, you know, what were the conversations as well, not just with cinematographer. But also, as you said, like production designer, cables on the floor, like, you know, health and safety. You don't want someone ending up tripping up in the middle of the best take. And how many takes yeah, was it in the end? This is it. And, and actually, I think people just think it was probably quite easy because it was just one take, done, out the door, see you later, go home. There was so much to think about. It was tough. You had to do everything pretty much in advance. Like All the preparation had to be spot on, ready to go because we have one chance of doing it so initially we were going to have um we're going to shoot it over four nights twice a night so we sort of i think the first take was around about six i think i'm right saying about six o'clock for 90 minutes then we had a break dinner whatever and then do another take after that it didn't work out that way at all (laughs) so that was the (laughs) great plan so we meant to do it eight times however on we had the weekend we had only a week rehearsal with Stephen and we didn't even have a week I think we had about four and a half days with Stephen and Hannah his wife who's brilliant and wonderful in in the film and so only a week really with with the whole with the whole cast and I think only probably a couple of days of that with with most of the crew being there ready to to work it all through so you had to do a couple of the scenes so Phil worked with the actors doing the smaller scenes in the couple of weeks running up to that. Um, so those scenes were rehearsed and then put it all together as one big theatrical performance, as you, as you called it, sort of call it. And it was like that. It was like a play because you drop something, you pick it up. If you, it's not like, oh, it's right because we'll go again on that take. No, you, yeah. you, you, you don't. So you're just very much more in it breathing it living it and that's why it's so real and the other thing that was really uh, and one of my one of my things that I did was it was really important for us or to make sure that the actors and characters were really in it really living it and really connected to each other so in advance of coming to set I arranged for all of the actors to meet up within their specific groups so I had even the two parents I shouldn't say it if you haven't watched the film, but there's a couple of paramedics that appear. Um, yeah. You know, they met up. They met up Drama. In- <laughs> Drama. It was an um, eventful and- night at Jones and Sons. Yeah, <laughs> it was. There's a lot happening. And so they, I introduced them to my friend, Catherine, who's a, a, a paramedic. Um, and so they got to chat to her as a female. What's it like being a paramedic? And then they met up. So they had a bond and knew how each other worked and were, became, you know, and then we had... The, the family in the back room, they met up beforehand and they had WhatsApp groups going. There's a group of American girls who they had a WhatsApp group going and they became really good friends. And that's amazing. So if you've then got, and even the two barmen who'd never met before, two actors, uh, George and Taz Skyler, they met up and had conversation. And so then they're like, and, and so that was so important. So what you see is real. There's a, that element of like, gosh, it feels like a real running restaurant. It's because everybody's had the experience of each other. and Exactly. That's exactly. It was so naturalistic, just to the point where I, I just, you just don't even, re- you forget that they're actors. 
it just feels mm. just like there, there's a comfortability and a shorthand mm. and just even like the looks and the kind of so much of it is yeah. so subtle. It's the nuances and the subtleties of it that you just think these guys have known each other for years. And even just yeah. the elements of why they're there, like one well, girl's an actress. She's just come from again. There's a, yeah. there's a flirty relationship with the bartender because there's always that sort of, it's just, yeah. yeah, it's just, I was just blown by how much I thought I was watching a documentary. <laughs> yes. And, and you know what? And all of those things were very considered and you wouldn't think maybe that they were, but for us making the film, in, uh, even in the auditions. A lot of what they found in the auditions, we then put into the film. Um, so James and Phil were like, well, that really worked. And we were all in there. We were like, yeah, that was great. So that ended up parts of what they might have, you know, lines, even a line in, and even though the script, they had beats, the story beats all needed to be hit. The words were the actor's own. You know, it's probably why there's a lot of swearing in it. Sorry for... <laughs> Hey, Andy. Hello, mate. Namaste, Chef. Hello. Namaste. Good to see you, mate. Yeah, nice to see you. This is Critic, Sarah Southworth, as you know. Hello, Hi, though. Sarah. Hi, really nice to meet you. Lovely to yeah. meet you. Can I have, yeah. have a quick glass of wine? Oh, I should really get back to the kitchen with snow underneath, do you know what I mean? Just have Let a them do their thing. You have a glass of wine, right? Okay. It's gorgeous. Thank it's you. Thank you very much. Cheers. 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 Happy Christmas. Cheers. Happy Christmas. Such a buzz in this place. It's great. No, it's, you know, it's busy. I'm busy. Yeah, super busy with the TV stuff and everything. It's gone mental. But, I mean, yeah, it's been amazing. I mean, the show's rocketing. Yeah, I saw one episode. Not the only one that saw one episode. There's seven million people watch it, so, you know, full series. Must be doing something right. Yeah, no. This menu is... Is, is I could I recognise all of this stuff. I mean, this is this is this is all my dishes. I mean, I love the way it's on a bit of paper. But there's the uh, the duck with the soy. Yeah, that was my dish. So what you're saying then? So with the script wise, and it was. I mean, you have massive rehearsals. You know exactly where it's going to go. But there was room for like them coming up with their own dialogue, how they'd react. To oh the yeah, it wasn't script. It wasn't scripted to uh, the exact words. Wow. So. It was, you had, they had to follow the story. So the story was, you know, that you've got to, otherwise you'd be all over the gaff and it wouldn't work. But, um, so there were very specific story beats to hit and through the rehearsal process and then bringing their own thoughts and what would this character say in this moment? You know, that argument, that this, it, it, that's why it was so real because they were improvising around what they were given as the story wow. beats. So um, we had a script that sort of changed in size. So they might say something in rehearsal that was like, that was good. Let's get that down. Let's write that down as a, as a line. But if it's without, you know, it's not like a play with a long period of time to, to rehearse something and then get it exact. It's so spontaneous because those actors do not know what's going to happen on, in that take. If it's, it needs to go, it needs to be driven the right way, but they might well say different things. And that's why it's so real, because they're just listening. They have, you have to, we couldn't get actors who couldn't do that. So even in the audition process, the first thing that um, they were asked to do was send a self-tape with themselves, literally just making a cup of tea and telling a story. And you'd be surprised, and Phil will say this, you'd be surprised how many people can't do that and they try and script it. And you're like, no, 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 just stop. Don't, 
think don't think so much don't be so considered just say whatever just mm. tell me a story and so you would watch it and be like this person cannot do it, it they just they're not it's they're never going to be in the moment if Stephen came in and threw something on the floor but that wasn't quite how it fell earlier yeah or and now you've gone and spilt you know hot oil on me or whatever well you've got to react to that you can't be like oh wait wait, wait, wait. that wasn't how I did it a minute ago mm. so I can't that's that's suddenly thrown me so you had to get actors who were really spontaneous and able to cope with anything thrown at them so even in the auditions we put them through their paces in the recalls and uh Robbie O'Neill one of our actors who was in it he came and he played Stephen's role in the in the auditions and threw stuff at them like just to see how they'd cope with it and uh, and the people you see are the ones that were were fantastic in their auditions mm. yeah it's just yeah sensational I, I'd love to know though which was the which you said which take did you end up going with <laughs> that's a very good question as well I meant to say that earlier so we didn't end up getting our eight takes we had two after the weekend everyone was so rusty and I'd love to tell you it was great but it was awful <laughs> <laughs> they needed they needed the Monday night to just go wait a minute what what did I do on Friday again understandably I'd all you know we'd all be the same so they were cranking slowly into gear on Monday night so we did one take that was pretty much a rehearsal and then the second one of the evening actually the card there was a fault in the card uh or when they were so the camera actually stopped working <laughs> so obviously that was a no a no-go so Tuesday we Tuesday we came in now bearing in mind Covid was cranking into full gear mm. and every single day Bart and I were receiving messages and updates of all around of you know films being shut down left right and center we had to cast one actress three times one role three times three different actresses we had to we lost key camera team key camera team dit we we lost loads of essays just started walking out because they were like freaking out because you just didn't know what kind of a beast you were dealing with covid with covid and we had you know our behind our stills photographer uh, he was isolating up the road so I was like running around trying to get you know, food up to this person who had COVID and stuck in an Airbnb with the other two people that he was also on set with having leaving care packages over there and doing this like all, all while this is all going on so we got to a point where we were like I don't think we can go any further I don't how do we go beyond Tuesday knowing that by Wednesday we may have lost our DOP you know, it was mm. that serious. We were losing so many people. And when, there were so many of us in a very small area working as this huge ensemble, one break in that chain and you're in trouble. Or one in really, you know, serious break. If Stephen got it, we could probably replace a lot of people. It's not Stephen. <laughs> and blag it and blag it somehow, right? So, I mean, you know, I was I was there with my, I'm ready to step in any time, guys. <laughs> But not Stephen's role. <laughs> um, oh my god! <laughs> so then it was that final one. That was the uh, that was the final one. Was so the it was one the Tuesday? Even... We literally had on. We told Phil Monday night. We didn't tell the actors that it was their last day. Stephen knew, Hannah knew, uh, Bart and I. Uh, we made that decision Monday night. We're like, tomorrow is our last day. Now you therefore have two takes. The first two Monday done. Not you can't use. We had two takes to get this film in and we should have had six more and we got it in the next one. 
we got it in the third take so basically the first true take that we did and I think that's it came down to so the third one or the first of the Tuesday night was the best performance wise and the one after that was probably better technically had less issues with the camera etc etc but performance has always got to come first because that's what you you guys are watching and that's what draws you into a film. So, um, and even then, Matt Lewis, who was only 23 at the time, our DOP, even then he, on the one that wasn't as good for him, I mean, this shows how good he is, he won a Biffa for yeah, Best wow. Cinematographer. <laughs> 23, what oh my. A legend. He's amazing. Wow. He His career is, it's going to, yeah he's absolutely incredible incredible yeah. and we had special camera design for him to just and he was uh he just took it in a stride it was actually I think it was his idea originally to do it in the one take so yeah well I mean let's talk about it. you've got once you finished a film then it's the film festivals right and then kind of working at distributors and then obviously yeah. going on to awards but what what was that what was that process once you've done it you kind of lock the edit um, sound, all that type of stuff. How how do you go forward in that um, to get people interested and get buzz? Well, the wonderful thing about Boiling Point, there's no edit. <laughs> yeah, true, true. <laughs> Bit of sound mixing. So, but, yeah, but we we went we went straight into lockdown after that. So you've gone from being around two hundred odd people into being by yourself. You're like, what the heck is going on? Um, which was very difficult. And so we did everything remotely. We did all of, you know, the grading remotely, the the sound edit remotely. We opted for, for, for music. Um, we did a very kind of subtle but clever soundtrack with David Ridley and Aaron, Aaron May, who worked on who worked on Villain as well, where the music is actually underneath the whole time, uh, composed, composed, all composed, as though it's restaurant music and there are times where it's increased and dropped very subtle, very kind of thought through. Um, but all of that was done remotely in lockdown so that was mad and then we Bart and I or I had a a friend uh, who'd linked me to Sherrod's who ended up being our sales agent so they introduced me and then Bart and I went to see them and they they were like yeah you know this and they actually came on board before we shot it and they were like this this sounds great and a lot of people couldn't get their heads around if this would be something that would ever work they were like I don't know if if it's gonna be any good um so and that was for us as the producers to persuade people that it was and thank god people some people just... have never watched 24 hours in A&E <laughs> absolutely love that show <laughs> maybe that's our next one <laughs> yeah well this is the thing I feel like this is the type of concept that has scope to be expanded because you know it's interesting we've seen a few chef things but they've always been, I suppose there was that one that was going to be called, that was called Chef with Bradley Cooper, who incidentally yeah. was in a TV series based on Anthony Bourdain's life. And he played the Anthony Bourdain character. He was like, I need to get my film. He loves it, loves a chef role. And then there's that chef that John yeah. Favreau did as the, the food truck thing. And I remember there was one with yeah. Aaron Eckhart called No Reservations with Catherine Zeta-Jones. Uh, I clearly enjoy this. And then obviously Ratatouille. <laughs> Ratatouille! <laughs> but, I was going to yeah. say Ratatouille! The most famous one. But I do feel like this is a concept that even just the way this is shot and the characters and, and what I love about it is that you just, I'm, I wanted to know the backstory of each person. Like I know it was on Stephen, yeah. but I was so interested in every other character. And that's what the power yeah. of this film is. It's like, you just yeah. want to know more. 
you want it like, you know, from the pastry chefs, from the, you know, uh, from the the kind of the Sloan, what's she called, the MC or the HD kind of character. Yeah, uh, yeah, which, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's like just so much about it. So what, I mean, I don't understand how people and didn't that's, get it. That's, <laughs> so, that's so great that, that you say that because um, that is what we needed to do outside of the world of our restaurant. And that's mm. why it was so important for them to have met up and created those backstories and really thought through their characters. It can't be get your lines, turn up and do a, you know, bring yourself, yeah. element of yourself to it. There was way, way more to this. So did it that you peel off the, t- the first few layers and there's way more underneath. You've got mm. to for something like this, because otherwise there's not enough in it. Watch this space is all I can say on exciting things in the pipeline. I like the sound of that. So, so, yeah. So, yeah. so was it was it London Film Festival? Was there another festival you got into first? And like, how? What was the kind of reaction? Where it was like, oh my god, one hundred percent, you're in. Because <laughs> I've heard well, about do you know what it. It took a while. Sometimes, sometimes people do film festival stuff where they've had things where they've submitted a film, like really edgy directors, and they've said, no, you need to go back. I know there's one particular Canadian filmmaker who's film at Toronto Film Festival got sent back and had to resubmit it and it got in but it was not very good wow, wow. well well this I is it and, and <laughs> I, well I had a lot of meetings in in the in advance of making it a lot of meetings and people are like mm, I, I don't what's the point what's the point of making a feature you've made the short be done with that be happy with that and they're like because I think there's more to this there's more to this mm. and actually a feature is going to reach a much wider audience and um it was again as I said before you know this is this is very much to do with mental health we're working with a couple of mental health charities uh pilot light and hospitality action because of its importance so I think with with festivals we initially there was interesting though we were like oh I don't know it's a bit slow on the uptake we thought until we were offered uh for our world premiere to go to Colovivari, um, which is a great, you know, great, great place for a premiere. I got COVID the day before, so a couple oh. of days before, so I ended up not being able to go. I was like, you're kidding me. But oh, amazingly, I know I couldn't believe it. The only reason I did a PCR test was because I was flying. I mean, it was not. Well, luckily you did. <laughs> yes, I know, right? Super spreader. Hester yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, whole, the whole film industry goes <laughs> um, So the guys went out there and from that, they started pouring in. So we've been all over the place. We went you know, to Zurich uh, Film Festival and Dinard. And, uh, I, have to, I, have to, I have to remember where they all, all, all are. We, um, Mill Valley. We've got one coming up in Mumbai and... So um, decent amount. China and yeah. That's amazing. Um, Cork Film Festival. Um, obviously the London Film Festival, which was our British um, UK premiere. Um, was it a bidding war for uh, distribution? <laughs> um, we, we've sold it worldwide. Yeah, we're still selling. It's great. <laughs> so we, it's just, it's, it's, it's remarkable. I feel so grateful every day. I'm like, wow, this was my debut. This is crazy. And you got nominated. I mean, yeah. It must be such a, just, I suppose, I mean, you know, I thought sometimes awards can 
feel like they can make you feel like losers if you don't get nominated and they are, obviously it doesn't reflect the work that you do whether you win or you do and obviously mm. if you do it because there's so many great people doing it but for you just because of the journey you've been on to then suddenly have that did that what did that do for you to kind of instill you with a lot of confidence of sense that you know you've mentioned earlier imposter syndrome I mean getting nominated for that surely that would have quelled that voice in your head you'd be surprised I'm I, I'm one of these people where I know I sort of touched on it earlier but I get such joy from seeing other people flourish in their gifting like that then I go well why why are you giving me a nomination for this because it's it's an easy job for me when I get to watch people who never you know there are some people who this is like one of their first jobs as an actor and you get to see them for me it's very important to create an atmosphere on set and I will do it on every set I ever walk onto where someone's done it for me where they've trusted me with what I can bring so I need to create an atmosphere a safe uh, supportive environment where someone can cut their teeth without feeling like oh I don't know if I'm you know confident enough to do it or where they can just flourish just flourish and know that if something goes wrong, it's all right. Cause I'm there. I've got their back <laughs> and I'll, and I'll, you know, keep pushing people forward. And I, I get such joy out of things like that. that I, that it, it go, I go, really? You're going to give it, you know, you're, you're nominating me. <laughs> but it's such a, you know, it's everyone. Surely this is for everyone. And, well, you got, did get 11 nominations. So pretty much everyone was covered. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, it was a, it was a huge honor. Well, congratulations because it is such a wonderful, and it felt as it felt really visceral and new, and something uh, an area that hadn't been tapped before in in a such in in I suppose this specific way. And you know, every, as you said, there's so many people part of the team, but for you that to be your debut, congratulations on that. Thank I suppose you. what's your kind Thank of you. what's the lasting takeaway that you kind of doing this as your first film that you'll be now taking into your next? Well, you could never, you could never ask for, for your first film to, to do, done so extraordinarily well. Yeah. So I just think, I mean, I wouldn't do anything differently. I would do the same again and again and again. I would do everything the same. I would just, as I've just said, make sure that what I'm, the film that we're putting out there has a message is, and obviously I think genre is important and um, entertainment is important. But it's also, we've got such a responsibility as filmmakers. And as a female, it's not easy. It's really not easy. And, and I'd be lying if I said it was. I battle, there's things I have to battle, even with people I work with, like really closely. And you just think, are you serious? Mm. You know, are you undermining me again? Or are you doing this again? Ah, boring. Is it like, are you undermining me because I'm a woman? Or are you just undermining yeah. me because you're a dick? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but as as a filmmaker, and the more sort of I guess people will look towards Bart and myself in what we're doing next, and um, we have such a responsibility, such a responsibility for you know the next generation of of filmmakers and actors. I've been doing this you know a long time, even though I'm so ridiculously young. <laughs> um, but we have to carve a way where people go, it's all right to do that and it's all right to make mistakes and it's all right to, because, you know, just come as you are, come as you are and 
and let's do this together. Let's forge a way together. And and I think I really think that it's time to see that like the narrative of dog eat dog, shark infested, you know, creative yeah. waters change. I don't see why it has to be like that. I understand obviously there's an element of competition and that's fine, that's healthy. But so I think anything I do, I want people to know that my production company that I'm passionate about helping you know the next generation passionate about seeing diversity absolutely represented and I think finding a film or finding stories that really leave you questioning and asking more yeah well congratulations Hester Ruoff welcome to the first film club thank you so much thank you so much for having me You've been listening to Hester Ruoff, producer of Boiling Point, released in cinemas and on digital platforms by Vertigo releasing on January 7th and available to watch now. Next time on The First Film Club, we're joined by director Michael Lehman, who will take us back to the 1980s with his debut feature, Heathers. Thank you for listening to The First Film Club podcast. Please like, subscribe, share and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at first underscore film club to keep up with the show and hear about our latest film screening events. This is a stripped media podcast series written, produced and hosted by Hannah Flint and Natalie Louise. Edited by Ben Williams with music composed by The Last Skeptic. just heard a stripped media production. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.